Welcome to Go Well. Thanks for joining me. My name's Kate Mercer and today it's my absolute pleasure to be talking with 17-year-old Chloe. Chloe is a student uh, who lives and studies in Castlemaine and she also has a radio program called Corduroy Cabana on 94.9 Main FM. She has an avid passion for writing fiction and uh, she paints and she studies several languages. Chloe hopes to pursue those studies into the real world after completing VCE by travelling abroad and teaching English in Japan. After completing Year 12, Chloe also hopes to get published and further a career as an author. Welcome to Go Well, Chloe Wyszynski. I'm just so grateful to you for coming on the show. So grateful already to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You said to me you've been running your radio show, Kōrua Kavana, is it? Yeah. Yeah, for already three years? Yeah, three coming up four. That means that you started it when you were 14 years old, that show. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm really so (laughs) impressed with that. Now, what, what inspired you to start the show? In an offhand kind of way, um, in year six, I was like, oh, I'd like to do radio. And somebody's parent at the school had a radio show and was like, oh, come on my show. And then after I had done like two or three, a form was like given to me. It was like, apply for your own. And then I did it in year eight when I found some friends who were also keen. (laughs) I reckon that's fantastic. All right. So let's cut to talking all about you today, which is like just great. Just great. And we're going to start with, I guess, well, your school and what you're doing at mm. school. So just wherever you want to start, what you're, what you're doing there. So I'm in year 11 and I'm uh, doing VCE um, and the subjects I'm doing are French, literature, maths methods and Japanese by distance as well as art. That's what you're currently doing. But in your past, well, let's just talk about other things that you've done in your life because when I was talking mm. to you, you said that you have done music, you've played a couple of instruments. Yeah, yeah. I used to be very like, uh, I started playing the clarinet in like grade three or four and I played it for quite a while and then end of year seven I switched to saxophone and then I pretty much dropped music altogether end of year eight. It can get pretty busy that sort of time in your life. If I look back to my life, I was doing so much. It's like, mm. is that sort of part of why you just had too well, many things going on? Yeah, I wasn't practicing even though I played for so long I was never like given a piece of music and then I was just able to play it it was always something that I had to practice a lot and then uh when I didn't have time to practice I was just bad and then I was sad and then I stopped (laughs) yeah and also you're saying you look at other people too around you who are playing and and they just pick up the instrument and start playing it family first yeah I know you do get a bit of that but Mm. uh still it's a great thing music but uh you're also doing art so what sort of thing do you do in your artwork what sort of I mainly paint portraiture and it's mainly of women and lots of kind of like flowers that sort of thing I try to make it as ethereal and pretty as I can I guess yeah that's the kind of goal (laughs) I want to make art that's like really pretty to look at that's just like oh wow (laughs) yeah that's lovely all right and uh, going back to your school what's sort of going on such a big question, I know. Mm. So we'll start at the top and see where we go with this. But what's sort of uh, been going on for you that you'd like to people to know about, I guess, or whatever, with regard to COVID and how that's affected? Maybe start with your study. Um, I think we've all noticed it, how time passes completely differently when you're in lockdown. 
And I think I've noticed so much how ridiculous the idea of the curriculum is um, and how unallowing it is because it's everyone, like it's the teachers, it's us, like are all put on this like timeline of like what you have to get done. And then when you go into lockdown where time seems to move so much faster and that keeps like chugging along at the same pace, you start feeling like, ah, (laughs) I'm, I'm falling behind. Everybody seems to be on that sort of page. So you're just like, why why aren't we just stopping guys why aren't we taking a second uh but we're not which i think is uh not exactly the healthiest place of mind to be in for that Mm. so you're feeling the study pressure Mm. if you were principal of the school or the prime minister of australia you'd be saying i will take a couple of weeks off (laughs) yeah well (laughs) if anything like i'd definitely relax the curriculum and i don't know make it like one kind of goal based rather than complete all these very small tiny tasks that don't really matter in the long run um yeah yeah and it's interesting you were saying to me that it seems to be all about quantity not quality of of your assignments can Mm. you talk to that a bit when I make things I like to put effort into it I like to be quite meticulous and make something that I'm proud of but lately in year 11 like I've just realized that the best thing to do is just write it. Often you won't have time to even give it like a good proper edit. You just like hand it in, get the pass, keep going. So you have time and like you're not completely just overwhelmed and like, yeah, burnt out. That's the only way. Mm. And uh, what are you seeing? Are you seeing the same sort of thing around fellow students as well? Oh, definitely. Like so many people that I know are so like pedantic about their work and care so much about it are just like, I didn't even read it. I didn't edit it. I just handed it in. And it's just like so many, like you just hit that submit button and then that's it. You forget about it immediately. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. Mm. Mm, okay yeah that's right I think you were mentioning one friend of yours uh, about this or she got a mark back that was very already quite high but she was disappointed yeah I'm finding that it's like even yeah uh, quite a few of my friends it's like this idea of constant marking gets so in their heads about like it's their worth as well and yeah she's not like the way she was getting this mark that was already, it was nearly a hundred, but it wasn't. And she was like, I could, I could have gotten a hundred. Therefore this mark is a failure rather than, oh my goodness, I got such a high mark. And yeah, that's not, not great. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, totally. No, I get goosebumps hearing you talk about this. So let's go to the mental health side of impact that you're seeing around you, maybe with your siblings as well or whatever, whoever, you know. Uh, yeah, with regard to, to mental health and also who you've got at your school if people wanted to reach out. There's, yeah, there's definitely um, with COVID and like lockdowns and stuff, I've definitely seen like a rise in like people needing therapy and wanting it and just, yeah, anxiety, stress, that sort of thing, feeling alone. Um, and I mean, I think we've got quite a great um, well-being s- like team at CSC so like if you do want something like that we have school nurses who are there that you can go to who will help you who will get you deferrals and that sort of thing but um the problem is that like uh I've seen that sometimes like the kind of rule is that they'll keep everything private until your actual like 
health is at risk. So if they find out that you have been self-harming or have been thinking about killing yourself or something like that, they have to tell your parents, tell someone for your safety. But then I found that um, I know someone who had this kind of experience and they basically stopped trusting the well-being staff because of that, because they thought they had this like safety, like, you know, like they didn't, no one would find out what they're saying and then suddenly it was broken and it's like oh what else are you going to tell who else are you going to tell and Uh, yeah yeah that's a tricky one so I guess do you think your friends and people you know or in your age group I guess would be more likely just to talk to each other if they were really struggling oh definitely as well because like um I know people who are like stressed already and the stress of trying to get a deferral to a therapist and all that is so much and it's so much work um that you know they just find like no I'm too tired to (laughs) do that I'm too stressed to do that yeah so they're just like telling people about their problems but not are actually not being put on any sort of path line to getting better or yeah and that's not productive and, and I think you've said that you you have had one um, workshop or whatever on mental health first aid. Mm. How do you feel in terms of knowing what to say if anybody was struggling? Um, it's a, I think it's very much trial and error to a certain degree. Like obviously compassion is the number one thing in my experience. Just, yeah, trying to be calm and that sort of thing. And that's what they always tell you. But it is a lot also when you're like stressed, you're not always in a place to deal with that. And so it's like it kind of breaks my heart to like have people who are requiring so much from their friends because, you know, they need that extra help from a therapist, but they just cannot like get one because of how difficult it is for them to do it and how expensive it is to do for them to do it without a deferral, that sort of thing. Mm. Mm, okay so any solutions before we go to the next question solutions ah how do I fix them because <laughs> currently there's that whole thing going on where they're like they're spread too thin so if you don't really need one don't go and I'm like yeah. no don't tell people that oh, yeah um, I know it's difficult it's not easy but hey you're you're the younger generation so if you can mm. throw any thoughts into the mix oh. sure to be well received uh I definitely think that um you shouldn't have to prove you need a therapist to go to a therapist like a lot of people are like oh I'm just like you know I'm faking it I'm making it up maybe it's not as bad I don't actually need this so if you're getting told that that like if you don't really need it don't do it you're not gonna do it (laughs) and also if you're scared to even try it if you have any excuse you're gonna take it so yeah Mm, sounds like the messages are maybe not right there but uh, I guess we're all living in a in a period of time there are a lot of unknowns and a lot of things still being worked out still it's really good to get your input what about um, social media what what how are you seeing that affecting people do you use it much yourself I use it quite a bit yeah I think social media can be a very productive thing if what you're using it for is to connect with those people that you've lost connections with because of lockdowns and stuff and I think I like (laughs) I really do think that being able to call my friends and keep in contact with them in that first really long lockdown is what kept me sane (laughs) but now what I'm noticing more and more is every single lockdown people are less inclined to just get in contact like they're just so 
everybody's so tired of constantly saying like, oh, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait until we're out of this. I can't wait till this is over that no one wants to say it anymore. Yeah. And it's just a bit of like social burnout almost. Like you just take that lockdown and you're like, I'm just going to crawl under my covers and pretend, just hibernate till it's over, you know? Yeah. I think we're all, doesn't matter what age group you're at, we're all sort of at that sort of stage at the moment and I think also perhaps realising that there's no end to it doesn't make it easy does it Mm-mm. okay so um, now what about your family life that's really interesting that you that you're Polish mm-hmm. and your parents came out they met they did they meet in Poland and then came out as teenagers uh I can't remember too well I definitely know they met in Italy and then re-met in Australia as teenagers. Oh. And I think they may have vaguely known each other in Poland, but not very well. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating story. That's fantastic. And so you speak, uh, how many languages do you speak? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I speak English and Polish and I'm learning French and Japanese. Yeah, you're telling me that you, um, that must have been so disheartening mm. that on two occasions you were going to be an exchange student to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> the last time it fell through, that's, that's a bit sad. But uh, yeah. yeah, tell us about your vague plan for your life. I love that. <laughs> my vague plan? <laughs> All right. So my vague plan since uh, it, it was to already be fluent in Japanese by now because I would have been on exchange for uh, six months. But since that fell through for obvious reasons, um, it's currently just finish year 12 and this is supposing that in COVID isn't like a thing when I finish year 12, uh, go to Europe and just have a gap year, spend quite a bit of time in Poland and just get my Polish just brushed up because um, yeah, it's just like I don't get a huge amount of time to practice it here. You, you only have so many things you can talk to with your family, you know, <laughs> so there's like a whole other Uh, like section of my vocabulary that I don't use that I like to practice and then um, after that come back uh, take any uni course haven't decided maybe something in education and then with that degree teach English in Japan for a year or so and then possibly look into some sort of apprenticeship in tattoo artistry I know there's no like actual apprenticeships because you don't need one but I'd really like to learn it and then yeah preferably um, one day I'll be able to just have a studio where I can tattoo people, make art and write books and then just live like that. That's the dream. <laughs> I think it's a pretty, pretty good dream. It's oh, yeah. great. And also I love the way that you're sort of ticking off the, you know, left brain, right brain stuff. So you're doing a bit of art, you're doing a bit of writing, you know, you're doing the creative stuff plus you're doing the more, you know, still aware that you need to do your, uh, get your degree mm. happening as well. Very impressive. And actually, that's right, you slipped in during our last conversation that you're actually writing a book yourself. Mm. 17 yeah. years old, folks, and she's already <laughs> almost finished the first novel. Yeah, it's really close. It's four chapters now. It's <laughs> fantastic. And are we, do we get a bit of an insight as to what your book's about? Oh, well, it's um, it's like fantasy, young adult sort of genre. Um, it's what I know. <laughs> and uh, it's about just like assassins, sibling bonds and that sort of thing. Yeah, found family. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that great. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, it sounds really good. And uh, I'm not quite sure how to phrase this question given this new world of uh, the right pronouns. Uh, but you mentioned as well in passing that, uh, something about your gender and coming out to your, at your in the classroom in your, at school. Oh, yeah, that was um, 
so for me that was my um bisexuality and like telling my (laughs) so I first kind of realized in year six but then I was like is it real or am I just making it up (laughs) for a very long time and then in year eight I like said it in passing uh because I wanted to be very casual about it very cool (laughs) like I didn't want to (laughs) be like guys (laughs) and then everybody like I remember the moment that I said it. I was in art class I said it like I was like oh you know like I'm bisexual like very (laughs) cash and then (laughs) and then I remember just everybody like just stopped and was like what <laughs> like <laughs> really I didn't know and I was like that's the point um and then um uh soon after that uh quite a few people actually did come out so it felt quite good to be like oh well look I did that uh but then for a bit after that I remember I had this very like fixed mentality of like I may be queer but I'm not like that you know and it was just like it was internalized homophobia and I've worked past that and now I understand that it's we're all in this together guys like you know um so uh yeah and I do think that that's something that's quite prevalent that um we have a lot of celebrities as well who are like have this mentality of like I'm queer I don't want to put labels on it which is totally fine but then disassociating themselves from that whole like pride culture and everything like that and helping um those communities of people who are in dangerous positions where they can't come out or coming out has actively harmed them and stuff so um and them just being like I'm not like that doesn't help anything you know every time I go anywhere near this topic I sort of come to a screeching halt because it's like you've got to know the words to use and just really scared of offending people and then you know you've just introduced me to you know a couple of new ideas around it as well what was it like when you told your parents um when I first told my parents when I told my mum first and um I was we were by a river we were fishing and I was like I told mum and then she was like oh okay cool and then later I, when I told my dad my mom was in the room and she had forgotten that I had told her <laughs> and I still bring it up she's like I didn't forget you didn't tell me I'm like I remember telling you because I was so nervous <laughs> I was but they're totally fine with it right and they're very supportive but I remember like just that fear anyway um because you're like what happens if it doesn't work out and I knew they'd be fine with it but it's still like it doesn't matter if you know you're still like it's so nerve-wracking no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you've done some amazingly uh, brave things in your life already. <laughs> yeah. As I say, I'm really impressed. What, um, do you have anything to say about climate change? Oh, I don't know how much there is to say that isn't, you know, just rattling off what others have said. But, um, yeah, uh, it's bad and we should stop. <laughs> but uh, essentially, uh, I think that it's... Uh, a really big fight that we all have to put in with and I do think that it was very disheartening because I was part of the like climate strike movement and it was um, very disheartening after we had that massive strike that it doesn't feel like really anything has changed and it kind of went to like it feels like oh wow the government really doesn't care (laughs) what we want and how we feel and this fear that we have that you know is very real to us they're just playing it off as we're kids and we don't understand and that's yeah it's really disheartening when um, these are your leaders and also them now wanting to put that um interest on our on uni 
uh, fees and stuff is just like, stop, please, <laughs> you know, it's because uh, a lot of people probably won't get like uni degrees when they were half thinking about it now because of those added costs. And it's just like, come on, guys, please. <laughs> yeah, it's like as well, at least if you're coming together in a collective and walking on the street, it gives you some sort of mechanism for expressing mm. how you feel about these things. So even if there's a replacement, if we have, if you have to be doing it online, is that, but I suppose there's so many different ways you can do that it does, and you don't feel like it's going through the right place. Is that mm. what you think? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like when you try so hard and you have this massive like protest and it's in the moment you're like, wow, there's so many people here. Like they've got to listen to this. You mm. can't just completely ignore it. And and then they did. <laughs> and you're like, mm. oh, wow. Like it mm. was like a topic in the election and then the election happened mm. and then they just went, right, kids, back to school. Mm. No more of this. And then covid mm. And then they, yeah. Yeah, more. yeah. It's very invalidating. There's a lot, I mean, mm. there's a lot of comments you can make around that. Um, but all I can say is just keep, you know, just, we've always got to keep doing doing it, keep trying it, keep keep saying what we don't dislike. I mean, that's what the world is. That's what, mm. what's, what democracy is, I think, anyway. And it's so lucky that we've, we're able to be on this radio um, station, mm. 94.9 Main FM, folks. <laughs> Both got radio stations, radio programs on that station um spiritual beliefs do you want to say anything there is is there anything have you ever felt like when times get really tough for you uh that that's that's a go-to place for you or what do you do when times when you get challenged how do you help yourself lists (laughs) I'm very like when things are like um just feel like they make no sense it's usually for me like it's time to make a list and I become more rational I think and I very much do like to just set out the facts and then think about them and then come up with that sort of thing so I wouldn't say that I'm very religious or like spiritual or anything like that um I believe in lucky numbers that sort of thing and luck (laughs) but nothing more really um what's your lucky number um any number that's three digits in a row like when the time like you saw me when we came out of the studio I, it was 3:33, and i grabbed my knee and i went that's much of i'm strange just so one two three i've got luck <laughs> and i do it every time i see anything wow that's yeah. great that's really cool <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing i can think of otherwise it's um mm. uh yeah my family is um like we're christian um and it's very uh, like when we have Easter and Christmas, we do all the usual like Catholic traditions with that. But uh, I've never really been religious per se. It's like these traditions are a part of my family rather than the actual religion for me. And I'd probably keep them going, but I don't <laughs> really associate them with a higher power, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. I just think uh, I think it's really good when we can actually believe or accept that there perhaps is something else out mm. there that's bigger than us. But I just I think it's quite interesting that you you've got the three 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 thing going on because it, yeah, like it's like the parking thing mm-hmm. when you go to park your car and you go, uh, please parking princess, can you get, find me a car park? And it all you always get a car park. <laughs> you, have, oh, you don't. Drive. We do we do like uh, when you're sitting around the fire. If you say white rabbit, white rabbit, white rabbit, the smoke will move and not be blowing in your face. <laughs> that's the oh, only thing that's kind of like similar. I love those things. I reckon they're awesome. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I've got through my list of uh, questions. Have you got anything that you'd like to add that's going to... This is a program about wellness, of course. So mm. what would you like to say that I may not have already covered that you think would inspire, <laughs> motivate, that people might like to hear about? Don't do exercise. My whole body hurts. I played netball yesterday and now I'm in pain. Oh. <laughs> I just... <laughs> no, look, uh, exercise is fun. But I did not, like, I played frisbee with my friends for ages and then I went and played a game of netball and I'm feeling so much more sore than I thought I would. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Yeah. You won't know yourself. Are you going to get, well, if you're playing netball, you're obviously in a team, are you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you can't just walk out on all your teammates. No, well, we're nearly finished the season now. It's uh, Oh, we're... you'll have to take up something else. What's oh, your What's no. your summer sport? Cricket oh. or something, probably? Sometimes, no, sometimes it's actually just the netball, twilight netball, so it's still just netball, but at a later time. <laughs> What's your position? I used to play netball. I play uh, centre, wing attack, wing defence. Anything outside of the rings. Thank you very much. <laughs> ah, I used to play. I used to play goal attack and yeah. goal shoot. <laughs> I used to like doing the yeah the shooting. I'll have to come down and cheer you on one day. <laughs> All right. Well, look, hey, thank you so much for joining me today on Go Well. And uh, yeah, look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so, so much for having me.